1: There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander.
2: All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started.
3: Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
4: Everybody. Welcome to Good Morning Football, presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky, live in New York City. It's Tuesday, January 9th. I'm Jamie Erdahl. There's Peter Schrager and Jason McCourty. Kyle Brandt, we're going to get you in a second, but first, Peter, we have business. We've talked about Michigan football, won a national championship last <laughs> night.
5: Jamie, your husband, Sam, is a Michigan alum. Yes, he is.
4: Your wife, Erica, is a Michigan alum. He's a
5: Michigan alum. We are married to Michigan. Uh, last night was special. I watched it with my wife in my living room. Yes. And my son going bonkers like this. Yeah. Where did you watch it?
4: I watched it in my uh, bedroom because Sam was there. There, in he person. was at the game with uh, seven of his closest Michigan buddies. They all played different sports at Michigan. They all descended from different parts of the country. Uh, but you had to be happy as a Big Ten guy. You have a, bi- a future Big Ten school, an original Big Ten school, and Rutgers is in there somewhere. Like nope, their Big Ten nope, pride. No, nope, nope. Jason, I'm trying to make the connection. You'd be happy for, our, for yeah, yeah. Our,
6: uh, of course. No, no. Michigan, he like Sam. He no, could Michigan, just say like no happy. Michigan ties for me. I went okay. to sleep. I watched a lot of. The game. Okay. Um, but yeah, congratulations to Michigan and Harbaugh. There's the brothers Harbaugh's.
5: that they're Yes, connected. That there was it is. Cool, so
6: I love Your brother. Yeah. You like it.
5: Yeah. <laughs> brothers and siblings, I'm sorry.
4: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Kyle Brandt joining us from LA. You know, we thought it would be just a fun, uh, you know, post regular season activity to send Kyle cross country and just try on the mm-hmm. show for size from him there. Kyle, what's going on? <laughs>
3: We thought it would be fun, and then it got serious. I have to break a little news here, guys. I'm here at the LA NFL Hub, which, as you know, is directly next to SoFi Stadium, home of the Rams and Chargers. I get in this morning. It's about 3.15 a.m. I got to peek in on SoFi, just look at the stadium. I'm not making this up. 3.15 in the morning. Jim Harbaugh's already here doing quarterback drills with Justin Herbert. They're out there. like they He's good. already here, guys. It's happening right in front of me. Tweeted out. I don't know how he got here that quickly, but he's here already working with Herbert. So it's exciting for Chargers fans.
5: It's funny because he did go on. He went on Van Pelt afterwards in all seriousness. Yeah. Because the
3: fans are like, what's next? Yeah.
5: And he's like, we're pushing it back a month. month. We're going to start things in the spring. Yeah. And I'm like, we?
4: Right. We? Really? Nice weather oh, in Ann Arbor. Like we? Yeah. All right.
5: So, Kyle, if you saw him. I, that's, I'm going to try to get thing. him in yeah.
3: here. Okay. Good. Good luck.
4: Yeah, I'm sure he'll love that. Kyle, thank you so much. Talk to you in a beat. Time for the lead block. Lead block. Lead block. All right. The Dolphins enter the playoffs. (laughs) The playoffs as the sixth seed, the unforeseen sixth seed. And they head to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Not only did they lose the Dolphins their last two games of the regular season, they added a couple more names to their growing list of injuries. God, I hate to see it. Mike McDaniel said yesterday, Xavier Howard will likely be out. Wild card. Andrew Van Ginkel and Jerome Baker may miss the entire postseason. So here's what their head coach had to say about what's stacked against Miami as they head into
7: the postseason.
1: I don't think the team is going to uh,
6: expect nor be uh, really give any concern about the fact whether or not people uh, have so many reasons why we can't. Um, we'll focus on why we can, and and uh, you know I really really believe in the individuals to um, be strong-minded enough to uh, handle the the hurt that's been delivered um, you know the last couple weeks and and press forward um, to try to do
1: something special together.
4: All right so they will have to do something special to take down the defending champions in Arrowhead who have slowly but surely been creeping up in their quality Mm -hmm. of play as well in Kansas City. Jason, let's start with you. How can the Dolphins essentially use the word shock the Chiefs on Super Wild Card Weekend? You hate
6: to see that graphic with so many injuries. Jerome Baker was a guy that just got back from injury, and then he made a huge play in that Buffalo game at the end of the first half, and now he's out. Van There's so many guys that have just fallen to the wayside due to injury, and that's just part of the year for so many NFL teams. Everybody's banged up. Everybody's going through things. For this Miami Dolphins team, though, it starts and it ends, to me, with the quarterback, position in Tua tonga Bailo. What we've watched from him all season long has been terrific. His numbers, he's leading the NFL in passing yards, getting the ball to Tyreek Hill, Waddle, and all of those things. When you get to playoff times and you're trying to make a Super Bowl run, it comes down to a lot of times a two-minute drill. Whether you're on defense and you're trying to win the game and continue to keep the lead, or whether you're behind in an opportunity to take the lead and win the game. This was the game Sunday night. This is Buffalo. They're down seven. two against the ball back. There was a minute and 50 left on the clock. You got to go out there and make something happen for your team. He throws an interception to Taylor Rapp. So much is talked about the Dolphins. They haven't been able to beat good football teams. They've been in games. They've had opportunities to close those games out. They haven't finished those games. This is a game they let slip by from the Tennessee Titans. There was a minute and 45 left. They were down just a point. Tua gets the ball, you have to be able to do something and make something happen. That was a fourth down sack that ends this game and their inability to win this one, where now we're looking at them going on the road in the wild card game. And this is a game back in Germany. This is when they played the Chiefs for the first time all this the season. Back. Came all the way back. They're down seven. A terrific game. Two minutes and 28 seconds left on the clock, and Tua drives them. He gets them down the field, and it comes down to a third and 10 right here, where he has Cedric Wilson Open just <laughs> throws a lollipop, and then on fourth down he drops the snap. There's been nobody that has championed to more than me mm-hmm. in the sports media. I've talked about how much he's grown, his abilities, his leadership, everything that he's done on this team to lift himself up from his first few years in the NFL to show that he can be a quality and a really good NFL quarterback. It's going to come down to these moments late in the game, a wild card going to win on the roll in the defending Super Bowl champs' house. In order to do so, to may have the ball with the last possession in his grabs, what he does what is going to determine the Miami Dolphins season.
5: I love it. And I, and I love your confidence in Tua because you see those uh, situations and you say, well, he just can't get it done. Well, that's mm-hmm. not true. He can't get it done until he does get it yeah. done and does make the play. And I would say in the Dallas game, exactly. he led them all the way. Yep. And yeah, it was a field goal at the end, but that's what it took to win. Um, you also said that of all the people in sports media, you've been Tua's biggest champion. I kind of put a tweet out there yesterday saying this, and I mean it. There's an algorithm There's a way to jigger the algorithm a little bit and come out and say when things are going good, like, I think the Dolphins are a team to watch. And here's why. And a Dolphins fan base that hasn't had national media love, Mm -hmm. they'll cling to that and say, yes, tell us, please, person on television, tell us why we're so good. (laughs) That was the case all season. You know, the Tyreek MVP talk, the Tua MVP talk, Dolphins number one seed, Dolphins unbeatable, the McDaniel love. And everyone in our world was on this Dolphins bandwagon of sorts. That bandwagon's empty right now. Quiet. A dust ball just blew through the alleyway of that bandwagon, and you're looking up and down the aisles, and there's no one there anymore. And to Dolphins fans watching, I would say this. Good. You don't want Johnny come lately. You want it to be you guys, the ones who have been there through all the bad times, through all the losing seasons. And I almost think the Dolphins team needs to look at each other and say the same thing and say, We've got nothing to lose. There are no expectations. Everyone is pointing to the injuries. Everyone's looking at us going into Arrowhead. Everyone is saying that we don't have a shot. So what can we do to limit Mahomes and find a way to sneak one out of this thing in Kansas City? And to me, it's not the passing game, mm-hmm. and it's not just relying on Tyreek. It's the running game. I, I watched this Buffalo game, and in the first half, I thought McDaniel— was on fire with the play calls. They were doing all sorts of misdirection, sweeps, tosses, and Buffalo couldn't stop it. Yeah, Josh Allen threw a couple turnovers in the red zone. Miami capitalized. They ran the ball. They controlled the clock. It felt like Buffalo wasn't even on the field. Achan running up and down. Wilson doing his thing. They were blocking despite injuries all over the offensive line, injuries all over the field. And they had this touchdown. You're like, this is what they got. Look at what happened here. Now I understand it's all about circumstance and there's a game script to start the thing and then it goes off the rails based on what the injuries were. We're talking about 17 rushing attempts in the first half to three in the second half and it's no coincidence the game got out of their hands. They lost and Josh Allen found a way to get this thing done. Uh, I will talk about this game throughout the week but I would put it out there on Tuesday morning. Dolphins fans, we always say this, nobody believes us, I'm telling you. Nobody believes me. <laughs> Nobody. So use that as fuel. Use that as motivation. And it's okay to win a game 23-20 with your running back having 120 yards and 30 carries. That's how you used to win with Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams and a lot of those guys back in the day. That is not embarrassing, even if you're this high-powered offense. I think you have to limit the possessions and rely on what was working last week and first week, of the first half of this, the game. Uh, it's amazing to say, get the ball out of Tyreek's hands or out of Tua's hands, but sometimes it's got to be the stuff that's going to win the game. And in that case, they had that game in Buffalo yeah. and they went away from it.
4: Well, isn't the Mike McDaniel special too? Like he was a run game specialist. Yeah, yeah. So like he's got it all it in his arsenal. Um, speaking of Tyreek Hill, this is the ultimate like sexy matchup that we were all looking forward mm-hmm. to. And then it was taken mm-hmm. from our clutches in August when we found out that Dolphins Chiefs was going to be played in the regular season in Germany, which uh, Jason got to bear witness to. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Dolphins probably to look at it like this, but it's a gift to have this game <laughs> he played in Kansas City. Kyle, Tyreek Hill has been targeted more than a dozen times in the last three weeks. He's catching like half the balls at this point. There's got to be a lot of reliance on him.
3: I would hope so, just for the theater of it. I, I, I'll give you theater. Like Peter's talking about nobody believes in the Dolphins' Who exactly believes in the Chiefs right now? Let's, let's, just, let's be honest, guys. This is the worst Chiefs team in six years, maybe seven years. How did the Dolphins shock them? First of all, I don't think it's going to be a massive shock. This is not like some 16 seed playing a one. It's not that at all. How do you beat them? You score 30 points. Score 30 points and the Chiefs will not be able to keep up. In the Mahomes era, they've hit 30 points in a season eight times, nine times, 12 times, 30 points. This year they've done it three times. That's it. Three times against three terrible teams. The Dolphins have done it eight times, including twice in December. Chuck one deep to Tyreek, score a couple other touchdowns, get to 30. I don't think the Chiefs can keep up with that. Get in a shootout with Patrick Mahomes and Arrowhead. Sounds crazy? Not this year. You're just going on past years. Pay attention to the 2023 Chiefs. How do you limit Mahomes? Like, his huddle will take care of that. The Dolphins don't even need to do it. His own huddle will limit Mahomes. They've been doing it for four or five months. Rasheed Rice is really good. I haven't seen Kelsey in, I feel like, a year. And the other guys, who knows? Score 30 points. Mike McDaniel, I don't need 40. I don't need 70. Get to 30 points. I think you'll win this game, and I don't think it's a shock.
4: It's a good point. It's a good point, Kyle. Um, Jason, if you were inside that defensive room with you said, like the list of injuries has got to be so frustrating, knowing how the Chiefs have been playing, what? how do you go about disrupting an offense that is already kind of not eroding, but is uncomfortable right
6: for, now? For Vic Fangio, this is going to have to be a master class of just coaching because it's not just, are uh, you lose a guy, the next man up. You watch that game. Van Ginkle goes down with an injury. Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips are already out. Cameron Good, Good. a young guy, comes in. Then he goes out and he gets hurt on punt team. McDaniel said it. At some point throughout the course of this week, they're going to be playing guys in a wild card playoff game on the road that they get off the street this week possibly because they're out of bodies. That's the the tough thing for them. So as a defensive player, you just got to rally around. And it's just like, let's just go out there and compete. There's going to be guys out there that weren't playing a few weeks ago that are going to be out there on on the field melvin ingram bumped up from practice squad playing a yeah. ton of snaps yeah. in his game the shame
5: of it is last year they were red hot in october and november yeah. and then tua got hurt and there there's injuries everywhere and they had skylar thompson a third string quarterback and he played his butt to off, toe to and he went right into buffalo and he competed so it's not like this team hasn't had the we're so injured and we haven't yep. They get it. This is what it is. And it's just odd that it happens two years in a row for Miami that they're the hobbling team going into the playoffs. Well,
4: they're not, unfortunately not the only team that has suffered injuries late in the regular season. Tom Pellicero, good morning to you. Our NFL Network insider, uh, the, the Dolphins are headed to Kansas City. The Buccaneers are hosting the Eagles. What's the latest injury news in Philadelphia?
8: Well, Jamie, Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts underwent an x-ray that showed no fracture in that middle finger on his throwing hand that he dislocated in, frankly, rather gruesome fashion in this game this past Sunday. Obviously, it was a good sign that Hurts was able to return to that game before Nick Sirianni pulled him and everybody else as the Giants pulled away in that game. Hurts said afterwards he is taking it day by day, and remember... Hurts gets an extra day or two compared to a lot of these other players who got banged up in Week 18 because the Eagles don't play until the final game of Super Wild Card Weekend, Monday night against the Bucs. His teammate, wide receiver A.J. Brown, did not return to that game against the Giants after suffering a knee injury. Uh, Coach Nick Sirianni, though, said he is hopeful that A.J. Brown, as well as Devontae Smith, who's also been banged up recently, will be ready for Monday night. As for Lions tight end Sam Laporta, he suffered a hyperextension and a bone bruise in his knee on Sunday against Minnesota. Coach Dan Campbell said there's an outside chance that Laporta potentially could be ready for a playoff game this weekend against the Rams. They're not planning to sign another tight end off the street, so if the rookie sensation is not ready, other guys are going to have to step up.
4: While we wait on the future of Bill Belichick, if that role becomes available, who in the Patriots' head coaching tree of job availability, Jason, do you think would find this an attractive position?
6: Uh, You look at the Patriots and they have money to spend in free agency. They have the third pick of the draft. They'll be able to get a quarterback, whoever takes that job, if it's not going to be Bill Belichick, whatever Robert Kraft, Jonathan Kraft, whatever they decide to do. You're walking into a situation where there's also no general manager because Bill had both of those roles. So as a head coach, you're walking in, All right, now you have the ability to maybe help choose the general manager. Maybe that's chosen before you get there, but now you have an opportunity to do whatever it is that you feel this organization needs to move forward and be able to win football games. The tough thing about the third overall pick is one and two are going to get a quarterback as well, so you, might, you won't get the pick of the litter possibly, whatever the Bears decide to do. But a head coaching job is that head coaching job in this league. I do think there's something to the fact that Bill Belichick is an absolute legend. So if he's stepping out of a job and now you're walking in, expectations similar to when Brady left are extremely high there in New England. They're going to expect you to come in and be able to right the ship. Whatever quarterback you ran, be able to develop him right away. The toughest thing as you look down at that roster and a lot of the criticism that Bill has received as of late is the draft. The first round draft picks that have been selected over the last several years, none of them have been re-signed. None of them. So you're not walking into a team that's just full of talent around and just needs a few different things, but you may get the opportunity to build it from the ground up and build a foundation that you want to have. trying to think of a
5: parallel. So there's guys within the tree. You hire an assistant, you say, okay, well, you, you elevate Mayo, you elevate whoever you want that's in there. Maybe Belichick kid wants to stick around while he goes out. whatever it is. Try to think of an equivalent of a coach of Belichick's stature and then the next guy. Now, mm. you know, Chuck Knoll was replaced by Bill Cower, and that's like, okay, that, that was yeah. a seamless transition, and that was awesome. Cower came from the outside world. He was with the Browns and then comes from the Chiefs and then comes to there. Don Shula left. You know who replaced Don Shula in Miami, the all time winningest coach? Do you guys know? Mm-mm. They went out and they hired Jimmy Johnson. I was going to guess that. Who was at the Fox Studios, removed from the Cowboys for a year, and they said, okay, let's get. I, I, if you're New England, can you just tepidly, like, okay, mm. this guy's a young offensive coordinator who did a good job with this team, and it's, you know. Or do you go. Big swing. Do you say if you're filling Belichick's shoes, you need to be confident, you need to come in with swagger, you need to keep. I don't know that answer. I don't know who that big swing about is. To say. You know, the big swing is probably Harbaugh. I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fascinated to see what that next step is if indeed Belichick leaves. I don't know if they just hire from within. I don't know. You would know better than me, Jason, as a former Patriot and how it all works. I'm like, I don't know what Gerard Mayo was told. They've went four and. 14, four and 13 this year. Does that, does any coach from that staff deserve to be given this job? Maybe, maybe you say the season was just garbage and the defense was good and mm-hmm. that, that's enough. Or do they go way outside the box and hire from the outside? I, I look at that Patriots franchise. and I just think it's not even about who's on the roster and craving the shadow of Belichick looms so large. You're stepping into that for the first time in 24 years you're in that office and it's not Belichick. You better come with something and you better get the attention of not only the team and the players, but that fan base early on
4: last year the big swing was the sean payton availability yeah. mm-hmm. there doesn't really feel like one of those this offseason that like they're kind of out of coaching but they still have an interest mm-hmm. in it and you know that they're available so that's not looming peter uh refresh the viewers you, you we mentioned yesterday like carolina would could be a good spot but that as an ownership relationship like david tepper seems to like to be involved what is the uh robert Kraft involvement in terms of a head coach whoever you are in decision making in new england what's that like
5: He's He's only had two of them. Right. He's had Parcells and he's had Belichick. So, like, if you're a third, I think it could be different. Of course, it's going to be with a lot less bona fides than uh, than what we had from Bar- Parcells or Belichick, whoever's coming in. I think Kraft is great with resources. I think Jason could obviously speak to what he means to the players. Yeah. I also don't think Robert Kraft is getting any younger, and Jonathan Kraft might yes. be the most important person in that conversation, yeah. as whoever comes in is likely going to grow with Jonathan Kraft into his next stage. So I think it's a Jonathan Kraft thing as much as it is a Bob Kraft thing.
6: No doubt about it. And to your point, Robert Kraft, RKK, he's a guy that's involved in the extent of he's in the locker room, he's talking to players, he's sitting in the team meeting room. But I do believe he gave Bill the leeway to make those football decisions and yeah. do things uh, meaningful in that sense. So, But I think, to your point, Jonathan Kraft is a guy that's always around as well.
4: Interesting. They're hands-on, if you will. Uh, Kyle, thoughts on New England? I know you're thrilled with our topic lineup so far today.
6: No,
3: it's been great. It's interesting, though, that uh, you know Jimmy Johnson did replace Don Shula, and then if you look at the venerable Tom Landry in Dallas, guess who replaced him? Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy. So basically the answer is the Patriots should hire Jimmy Johnson. I know he's got a great life right now. Look and he's a Hall of him yes. They should hire Jimmy Johnson to be the Patriots coach. Here's how I feel. Uh, I don't think you do any of the people in-house. I don't. You certainly don't do one of Belichick's yeah. kids. That would just be like having him. I don't like the Gerard Mayo because it's just Belichick and his disciple. I also don't think they go with some celebrity hire like Jim Harbaugh or even Sean Payton. Just choose a young, damn, promising, ambitious offensive coordinator. <laughs> take a quarterback and let him build it. And you know what the Patriots have going against them? You know, for the last several years, this has been this idea as the AFC West is constantly changing coaches. It's like, you know, you got the Mahomes guy there and he ain't going anywhere. Well, if you want to come in and join the Patriots who are, have such a lack of talent that I remember this year when Amazon put up one of their faces for whoever was promoting the game, I didn't even recognize as the player. We had to go around the table like, who the hell is that? So you're coming yeah. in with that roster and you're going to go in a division in which Josh Allen's not going anywhere the Dolphins machine isn't going anywhere. You have to do battle with them for years. Incidentally, guys, just putting this out there, the Bills and the Dolphins are playing playoff games this weekend, which is pretty pertinent. So maybe hopefully we'll eventually get to their games. In the meantime, yeah, the Patriots hire some coach. Great.
6: Jawan Bentley was the name, Kyle. Yeah. Jawan Bentley. Yeah. He was the guy. Remember that name. Jawan Bentley. I've told you this marketable. time and time again.
4: All right. Let's speak again. He's like, I, ad- I want
3: the Patriots job. I want to work with Jawan Bentley. That's why. I'm <laughs> going to leave Michigan for work with Jawan Bentley. That's my guy.
4: You know what? If he did say that, I actually (laughs) wouldn't be surprised. Like He would be in the weeds like that. We're going to take a look at the head coaching vacancies. Uh, There's five of them. Whether it's one of these five teams or not, What type of franchise do you think would have Bill Belichick as a coveted candidate? Kyle was on one yesterday, and it's continued over to today. Are you really the Panthers? And you're like, yes, let's bring in this guy who is going to make all these decisions. He wants the GM job, too. Jason, which one of these teams, organizations, do you think says, please, please, oh, please, give me Bill Belichick?
6: I'm not going to select one of the teams. All right, This is the team, but... Bill Belichick has done so much in this game, and he's coached such good teams and been able to win championships, obviously. And even as you've watched them this year, the New England Patriots have limited teams from a defensive standpoint. And a lot of that comes from the schematics and the things that Belichick teaches. We can go on and on about him getting older. Does his ways still work? All this, that, and the third. There's going to be a franchise that's going to say to themselves, you know what, we want a proven commodity to come in and lead our football team. We want a coach to sit at the helm that knows what it looks like when you're building a championship roster, what knows what it looks like on a daily basis to get ready to perform in a season. And I think there's going to be one of these teams that look at Bill Belichick where somebody else may say, no, he's old, his ways are tired, he wasn't able to develop a Mac Jones, a young quarterback after Brady left. But there's going to be somebody that says, you know what, when Brady was there, and they had the talent. They found a way to win year after year after year. When we've watched different franchises that seem like they're talented as hell and they're going to go on a run and it is so hard to continue that success and get back to that big game year after year. That's why we haven't seen it replicated. The Chiefs have been close since Belichick has done it, but it's not the sixth that he has done. So I do think there's going to be a franchise that says, you know what? This guy has done it and we think he can do it again. There's
7: also
5: an option of Belichick stays and coaches and they just hire a general manager. Traditional now, how that dynamic would work, I don't know, but you say take some of the, the stuff off his plate. The drafts haven't been great the last few years. Let someone else run the front office, which would be unique because that's not how it's ever been in the last couple of years. I also want to correct myself Pete Carroll was also a coach of the New England yes, Patriots. Yes. Also a big personality, also dealing with wow. Robert Kraft uh, at a good level. I, I just look at Atlanta. I, I don't think I said. Uh, Robert Kraft isn't getting any younger. Bill Belichick's not getting any younger. I don't think Arthur Blank is getting any younger, and I think they've got the pieces there. They just need a quarterback, and you can imagine mm. Bill Belichick coming in there. So, again, not coming from a place of knowledge on what Atlanta's inner workings are let go of Arthur Smith, but they built this nice stable of offensive talent. They've got a good defense. They've got some stuff there. And I think Arthur Blank wants to win and has the resources. He put in Rich McKay and his history, uh, what they have there. I think Atlanta would be a good fit, but I'm throwing stuff at the wall. If you're
4: counting, that is the third day in a row Peter has mentioned the NFC South as a potential landing spot for Bill Belichick.
0: Now is the time to accelerate innovation.
7: Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
9: Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious.
1: Victory formation. Now he gives it to Jamal Williams. And Jamal Williams gets the touchdown. You you get in a victory
6: formation look. You said, no, 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 no. We're going to run it. I can tell you this: There's been a lot of things that have gone on in this series for a long time. That one will not be forgotten.
8: No right oh, sir. Oh, and Arthur Smith's hot. That Dennis Allen scored a touchdown at the end. He is hot. He said, "What are you doing?" And he's going at Dennis Allen. We decided
6: as a team to do it, and man, we got an interception to the one-yard line. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So if if if, if we would score, would it still would have been disrespectful?
5: It's the story that won't go away. Two teams that didn't make the playoffs are still hot on our minds. It's time to play a round of we in and we out. We start with that controversial ending, then we get this yesterday from Jimmy Graham, who was amongst many Saints players. Get off, Jameis is back. The man is the best teammate I've ever had. Loves this city, this game, and embodies everything you can ask for in a leader. It was a rare situation, and we all take responsibility. Nobody thought... It would get blown out of proportion. Also, the Falcons. Uh, OCU Minoru, who was a former Falcon player after his Giants days, showed a video on his Twitter of him returning a touchdown in meaningless garbage time and taking it all the way and saying, of course I did that. It was against the Saints. It's what we do. Uh, A lot of pushback on what Jameis (laughs) did. And for the viewer who might be saying, well, what was all that? They were in the victory formation, mm-hmm. they are up by 30 points, last game of the season, and Jameis Winston audibles, overrides his head coach, Dennis Allen, and hands the ball to Jamal Williams so he can get his first touchdown of the year, and afterwards there was outrage galore, but Jameis stood behind it and said,
8: it's what we all did, it's for the team! For the team, baby!
5: Here's the statement. Jameis Winston was in the wrong, opting to get Jamal Williams that touchdown out of a victory formation instead of just kneeling
6: like his coach requested. Jason, are we in or are we out? Out. I'm out. I'm out. He is not in the wrong. The only thing I would have changed is line up in a normal formation. Didn't have to be victory. But when all your teammates come and have your back, it wasn't just Jimmy Graham. It was Alvin Kamara. It was Cam Jordan. They all were riding with Jameis on this. Who cares if the Falcons like it? After in the locker room when Jameis is being interviewed, the reporter asked him, but you have to play these guys next year. So what? If I didn't do this, would they have been nicer to us next year when we get ready to play against them twice a year? No, it's a division game. We don't like them. I hope it left a bad taste in their mouth. There's other things you can get into, this, that, and the third. Listen, your team, you're out there. They didn't decide it as a team. They decided as an offense, the 11 guys on the field. Once they decided, they went out and executed who cares who likes it or not? As long as the guys in the locker room are riding with Jameis, that is all that matters, and he's that guy on their team in their locker room.
4: Inherently, this question is between a rock and a hard place because you can either answer, "I'm out on this. I love Jameis, and I love you know being a rebel," or I say, "I'm in on the backlash, and I'm kind of being like an annoying mother goose who like says like you should not do that. It's not fair." Unfortunately, I'm going to be the latter. I I, I don't love it. I don't care about the disrespect towards the Falcons. I care about the disrespect toward Dennis Allen. Mm. Uh, You put him in a really tough position to have to answer to your decision-making, and you're not even the starting quarterback at this point. I understand that you are a beloved member. You know, we went through an exercise yesterday. We're just listing off other head coaches. We're like, who do we think could have behaved differently? Who who do we think he Mm -hmm. wouldn't have done that to? What other backup quarterback do we think could have pulled this off the that's way Jameis person. has? And it's like, Jameis, I, I get it, and I love your personality, but, like, that was a real big reach to put your head coach in that position of the yeah. answer to that. And it, your, answer, your answer in the locker room was endearing in and of itself, but I don't love what it did to Dennis Allen. Kyle,
5: get in here. I know you got Jameis' thoughts always.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, of course I I'm not being wrong, but that's why exactly why I love it. It's a question of branding here. It went from being this... Oh, my God, football atrocity. What are we going to tell the kids? And then when you find out Jameis did it, you're like, oh, that's just mischief. That's just football mischief, which is perfect. Peter, I have a comp for Jameis right now. He has this sort of Manny Ramirez thing going on where he does something ridiculous and it makes him even more beloved and it becomes part of his brand. And to Jason's point, why don't they just run up and run the play normally? Well, Jason, then it might not have worked. <laughs> they're, they're trying to surprise them. They don't care. They want to surprise them. So when it was a Dennis Allen call, you're like, what the hell is Dennis Allen doing? When it's a Jameis thing, that's just Jameis being Jameis. It became mischief. And who doesn't like mischief, Peter?
5: I I agree. I think it was fun for us. It's week 18. In the the locker room, it's a different story. And for Dennis Allen's different story, I had to bring this tweet up. We love Brandon Jacobs, the former Giants running back. And I love where he chimes in. and says, Tom Coughlin say victory formation. We're taking a knee.
4: Under Under zero zero
5: (laughs) circumstances will we run a play. And that's just sometimes how it is. Like, you don't mess with Coughlin. Maybe you mess with Dennis Allen. (laughs) Maybe Jameis Winston feels he can mess with Dennis Allen. Right. Sounds like Dennis Allen's back. Maybe they can deal with it. I don't know if Jameis will be back, yeah. but it made for good fodder. Uh, and we heard a lot of different takes yesterday. We had to uh-huh. chime in as well. Okay. go from the NFC South to the AFC South. We'll change the tenor of the show a little bit. We'll get a little more serious. Okay. The Jaguars became just the sixth team in the last 25 years to start 8-3 and three or better and then go on to miss the playoffs. An epic collapse which I asked to you guys. The Jaguars had the most disappointing season, when you look at it in totality,
6: of any of the teams in the NFL in the 2023 season. I am in on this. I went back and forth. I was like, all right, the Chargers, they had high expectations. There was Justin Herbert, Brandon Staley. They couldn't get everything going. But the fact that you said the Jaguars were 8-3 and three throughout the course of this season. There was a time we were talking about their path to the number one seed and how they could get through, especially playing in the AFC South and the young quarterbacks, this, that, and the third. Such high expectations for Trevor Lawrence to take the next step. In the middle of December, the Jaguars were tweeting out that playoff tickets were on Ooh. sale. Go and get them now. Did they do that, really? They did that. They are not in the playoffs. I, this was a collapse under Doug Peterson that you just not did not expect. Trevor Lawrence's play and missing Calvin Ridley on the pass. They also the Tennessee Titans who were out the playoffs in Week 18 and just played spoiler. Definitely the most disappointing team of the 2023 season.
4: Well, the Jaguars may have been doing that, but Jets fans were canceling their snowbird reservations in Boca because they were planning on the Jets ski in the postseason in January. Disappointing season goes to Jets. It never even started. Jets, mm-hmm. Jets, Jets. The the epic fall that happened in a matter of four minutes on Monday night football in week one was greater than any other collapse I think in terms of expectation to disappointment this and week.
5: they never rebounded a lot and of teams rebounded. rebounded like right. the Browns yeah. found a way to rebound and you know so many backup quarterbacks the Jets just never had that moment uh I still look at the Eagles, and it, they're mm. in the playoffs, and I'm saying it's disappointing because they were 10-1, and, and I guess it's still to be written, and I guess this will be used as a freezing cold take when they go on their run, <laughs> and I'll be wearing the dog mask and the whole thing. But if you're telling me as we head to the playoffs right now which fan base has the worst taste in their mouth, it might be the Eagles, even though they've got football to play on Monday. Kyle, there's three teams mentioned. we got 29 more. Who are you going with?
3: First of all, Brandon Jacobs. If it's the last week of the season and the Giants and the Eagles are playing each other and neither one's going to the playoffs and you're on the one-yard line and you, Brandon Jacobs, don't have a single touchdown all year and Coughlin says take a knee, are you telling me Eli wouldn't get that twinkle in his eye and say screw it, let's give it to Jacobs because screw the Eagles? You're lying. I don't care. Don't come in here with that stuff. By the way, Peter, I agree it's the Eagles' most disappointing team, a team already in the playoffs, still most disappointing. Brandon Jacobs, I love you. I'm a little afraid of you. I'm calling BS on you.
7: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
9: Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious.
4: So as you've all been informed, exit meetings are wrapping up this week as teams that won't be heading to the playoff shift their focus to the future. One of those teams is the Minnesota Vikings. Yesterday, their quarterback, inter-quarterback Kirk Cousins, was asked about his future in Minnesota and if he would take less money to stay amongst the 10,000 leagues.
0: I think that God has blessed me financially beyond my wildest dreams. So at this stage in my career, uh, the dollars are really not... What it's about. I'm not going to try to sell myself, if you will. I think if, if um, I kind of like to let people make their own decisions because I do think that uh, the league needs quarterbacks. Yeah. And if you're trying to talk yourself out of a quarterback, then I can't help you much.
4: Shout out Darren Wolfson and Don Mitchell with the long mic hold in the back there. It's nice. tough to get that sound. Uh, Kirk Cousins is going to be a free agent once again this offseason. Once again, he will be looking to see who has a spot for him. Guys, your response though to hearing the translation of that, Jason?
6: I think it gets to a point in your career where you're an old Wally vet. You've made the most money that you're probably going to make on the contracts leading up. And for Kirk Cousins, he's a free agent because Minnesota decided not to extend him. So when I hear him say that, like, quarterbacks are needed and you're trying to talk yourself out of a quarterback, he's been been there in Minnesota he's put up great numbers I know they haven't won the big game and you can blame Kirk Cousins all you want but what he's saying is if I've been here all along if you guys are talking yourself out of keeping me here then the hell with it it doesn't matter what the contract looks like what the money looks like I'll find a place somewhere because quarterbacks like myself are needed in this league that was my biggest takeaway I didn't look at it as a hometown discount or anything it was more about the value that they have in Kirk Cousins
5: I think about the businessmen of the NFL. We always talk about the backup quarterbacks, how they stack these careers, whether mm-hmm. it be Chase Daniel or Josh McCown, and they make all this money. Then I think of the big money. And I think of Darrell Rivas, the way he did it. Yep. Right? He would go year to year and be like, pay me 20000000 million, I'll be the best corner in football, <laughs> and I'll do it for another team next year. I'm a hired gun. You tell me where to go. I'm going to make the most yeah. money. And I think of how Kirk Cousins has managed his career financially. Oh. And it was franchise tag, was offered a low deal. I don't want it. I'll play on the franchise tag. 25 million, 25 million. And then he gets the massive deal from the Vikings. And he does a short term deal where it's even bigger from the Vikings. And you know what? He'll get the same thing again. He's not made the most money of his career. I think he's going to get the biggest contract he's had. And you know what? When you see how Minnesota played without him on the field, totally missing the playoffs and having nothing at the end of the season, they missed him a lot. Guess what? The grass isn't always greener. I would sign Kirk Cousins right now from the Vikings.
4: Kyle, what do you think?
3: I think the Vikings would have moonwalked into the playoffs with Kirk Cousins this year. I really mean that. He would have been doing a full breakdance into the playoffs, a season which they didn't have Justin Jefferson for most of the year. I think if you have a quarterback who can get you to the playoffs, you pay him. And he can do it. And he did it last year. He would have done it this year. I think he'll do it next year. I always kind of amused when anybody starts to go down that road of, you know, at this point in my career, it's just – not about the dollars and he says you know god has blessed me financially so much he also knows that on the dollar bill it says in god we trust and cousin's gonna say that and probably sign for 61 million a year somewhere because that's what he does and he'll get it i Mm -hmm. hope he stays in minnesota i hope they pay him but i'm always a little reticent to agree with the it's not about dollars at this point we'll see sign on the line which is dotted kirk we see you working Uh
4: uh-huh So he's set to become a free agent in March. He tore his Achilles last October 29th. The 2024 trade deadline in the NFL is October 31st this year. This quarterback is going to become healthy again sometime in the month of September, October. If you're lucky, it's September. You're making a huge financial decision on somebody that you don't know the wherewithal of this massively important ligament for this position. I just... It, the, the Vikings are in a tough spot. They're in a really tough spot. Any tougher without him? Sure, but like he's coming back from I I don't think it's that
5: tough.
2: You know, all right. Well, we. Agree. They don't have
5: a top ten pick. Where are they going? It's true. He's got better.
2: All inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never ending fun. So booking an all inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts.
1: There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander.
9: Digital trends show up every day in business decisions and actions. West Monroe is the number one strategic partner translating technology into financial value for companies. The This Is Digital podcast applies West Monroe's two decades of secrets and best practices to your business's benefit. Favorite past topics from the last three seasons include how AI and the next generation of employees are shaping the workplace, becoming a product company, Highmark's journey, and what does it mean to put the customer first? Learn more at westmonroe.com.